0: Good morning, everybody. This is episode 21 of the High Action Podcast. I'm Will Brom, here with John Story. John, how's it going this morning? It's going great. Nice, nice. Perry, how are you?
1: I'm fine. Thanks for asking, being so considerate this morning, Will. Really appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Just for you. Uh, Before we get started, a couple housekeeping things I want to go over. I want to give a shout-out to Heritage Guitars. Heritage Guitars since 1985 has been creating the finest American made guitars from the famed 225 Parsons Street Factory in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Heritage's vibrant and impressive collection of guitars combine classic and modern designs with premium materials and over a century of guitar building expertise. You'll get to hear me playing mine today. Super, super happy with it. I just put a two nomadic bridge on it last month and it's it's a
1: whole new world, tunematic like- bridge. Whole new world, man. <laughs> you know, I switched out from the wooden bridge to the tunematic. So you like it on that guitar?
0: On this guitar, I do because this has a uh, heavier top and it just feels a little more like an electric guitar. Yeah. Whereas on my one seventy five, I really like having the wooden bridge. I
1: I know what you mean, man. I loved it, but let's not. Have me derail this episode by talking about the right kind of bridge. Because we could go on and on about that. As yeah, we, have. we
0: could. And we will. Maybe next and week. we, we will. will. We definitely will. Yeah. Uh, we want to remind you to check out patreon.com slash Group. We've got a lot of fun things going on there. We're really hoping all of our patrons will um, post a bunch of questions for us to answer. And maybe we'll do a special episode, kind of a Q&A thing if we get enough questions. So the more questions you write, the more content you get. That's a great (laughs) idea. Yeah. So today, I wanted to talk about exploring harmony, which sounds like a very daunting topic, but I think I'll just hone it in quite simply on, let's take the key of G major. What's the first thing we can do to talk about harmony after talking about the chords found inside of G major being... Why don't you list them for me, John? We've got... G, A minor, well, was...
2: B minor, C, mmm, what's next? D, e D, d-, 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 d- e. e minor, F sharp diminished,
0: mm-hmm. G, G. Yes, yes. So, yes. what's the next step we could take to add more depth to the harmony? Um, I would say it would be precede each chord with a five chord, Ah. right? The tension and release, which kind of creates the interaction of harmony. So if I've got my one chord, five to one. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll cycle up the way I just did, and I'll precede each new chord with a five chord. So I've got five to one, five of two, five of three, five of four, five of five. Five of six. And this is an interesting one because the five of the seven would be a... It's a tritone. But actually... And just right there, we got out of diatonic harmony into uh, functional harmony or secondary dominance, Right?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is a huge part of if you're learning jazz tunes, you see like dominant sevenths cascading in fourths. Yeah. And, you know, when I was a kid, I was so confused when I saw that. I, I would oh. hear hear the relation, but I didn't get it. But it, you felt this pull,
3: yeah.
0: right? Yep. Yeah. So, John, let's have you try a fun exercise.
2: Okay. I'll give it my best shot. I, I love feeling like a student now and then.
0: <laughs> Don't worry. I think you got I've, this one.
2: For all our listeners, I've totally come to this episode to learn today because it's funny. You know, I... I don't know, maybe growing up listening to a lot of folk music and approaching jazz from a basic angle, I'm always interested to hear what people have to say about harmony and how they organize harmony in particular, because it's such a daunting Mm -hmm. thing, as we've said. But yeah, Will, give it to me. What should I try here?
3: Yeah, this is going to be
0: straightforward. I think think you got this. So let's go through the chords in G major, Mm -hmm. moving in the circle of fourths.
2: Okay, the chords in G major, and what was that last bit?
0: Moving in the circle of fourths.
2: Okay, so in that case, I would start with G major, and then go to C. Mm-hmm. Okay, then after that, F sharp diminish. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. B minor, and then E minor, mm-hmm. A minor, D7, or D back to G. Is that correct?
0: There it is. There it is. Cool, now, I Perry's like it. Perry's got this sulken look on his face. I think he feels a little left out, so we're going to loop Perry in on this, too. All right. So, Perry... Let's have you go up a sixth every time, right?
1: Go up a sixth every time. Okay. Yeah. So you want me to start with playing the G major triad? Yeah. Does it sound like this? That's how it sounds? It does. Okay. And then I go up a sixth from D or from G? From G. From the root. And I go up from E, which is going to be C. Mm -hmm. Then I go to A minor. And then I go to, I guess it would be F sharp. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to E. Uh, uh, D. That would be D after F sharp. And then going to B. And then going mm-hmm. to G, finally.
0: Yeah. So these are cool ways to break up the same scale that we always play and to create kind of new tension and release inside of the harmony. And it's all diatonic. Um, yeah. I'm sure you guys agree, sometimes when you hear these really beautiful cadences, you know, you guys were talking about Joe DiOrio, and um, I was checking out a lot of his stuff the last couple weeks after that episode we did, and you can hear him cascading in and out of all types of things, both diatonic and very quartal harmony-based, Yeah, which is a different thing that we'll get into. But take just take the major scale and just break it up in different patterns like that. And it really kind of breathes a lot of fresh perspective as opposed to just, quote unquote, practicing your skills. Right. right.
2: Yeah, I guess it also, you know, makes us aware that harmony and melody, right, it's not like a sandwich where we've got the harmony here and then we put the melody on top of it. You know, we can kind of think of harmony... On its side. I mean, I think, isn't that a famous Joe Pass quote, Perry, where Joe Pass talked a lot about, you know, chord melody or, or improvising is just laying chords on its side and just kind of playing through the chord changes. I always thought that was such a beautiful yeah. visualization because, you know, Will, like you, man, I think when I started playing jazz, I was trying to connect, you know, my knowledge of like g- caged chords, C, A, G, and D, to all these new seventh chords. And I, I didn't really get how they related to one another, I was just trying to figure out, okay, how do I play that chord and then how, what scale goes with that chord um, mm-hmm, versus thinking mm-hmm. about all the chords within, within yeah. a key.
1: Absolutely. I, I like that um, idea. And just cycling back to John, what you were saying about this exercise that Will's thrown down, which is like another creative way to practice your scales and then to kind of get deeper into the harmony that that scale mm-hmm. is representing. Uh, The Joe Pass quote I've always interpreted as Almost a visual take on exploring harmony Like if you're playing a C major chord You know, right here on the third fret When Joe Pass says, chords laid on my side He says, all my lines are just chords laid on their side I think he's literally just looking at that shape And being like, okay, what if I just played around in that shape? Right So that's another way of exploring harmony is to just literally visually take a look at what your hands are doing and then find lines from within
0: that. Yep. As, as Ron Eshdale would famously say, a chord is a scale, is a chord is a scale. And I just, <laughs> just remember him telling me that. Ron, I like man. that.
1: That, man, Ron that Eshte. interview we did with Ron back in season one has got to be one of the funniest interviews we did. <laughs> there are so many one liners. <laughs> yeah. Lots
0: of one liners. Hint, yep. hint. Check out season one. Yeah. That's right. That's
2: right. <laughs> and Ron, boy, if if I think about guys who know harmony, I, I just love talking to Ron about all yeah. the different ways to approach standards. Um, Ron also has like that deep respect and understanding of like what would have composers probably also done. Mm. versus, I think, a lot of younger players. I mean, it's great we get to kind of do whatever we want or try to reharm everything, and that's cool, but guys like him, man, I mean, they are from the old school with that stuff. Like, they really think about how harmony was approached in the 20s. For instance, yeah. starting with a two-dominant chord instead of a two-minor or a six-half-diminished instead of a six-minor on a tune like Satin Doll. It's just, I just love learning about that stuff from a guy like Ron.
0: So I want to try another exercise with you guys. This is using a one, four, five chord progression, something we're all fairly familiar with. And the way I'm gonna voice it, I'm using my top melody note as the voice leading, basically. So I'm cycling one, four, five, but I'm going through every inversion as it comes. Right? So, G C. I went up one octave, and you're basically hearing the scale ascend diatonically, mm-hmm. but we're only cycling a given chord progression one four five. So right. I think the easiest way. Who wants to try this? Play that
2: again. I'd Yeah, to hear yeah. That again. That's so neat.
0: Yep, yep. So mm-hmm. G, right? C with a G in the bass. Ah. Uh-huh. Right. Because we're mm-hmm. dealing with inversions, basically. D with an A in the bass. Uh huh. G with a B in the bass. C. Z, root position. Yeah. D. Root position. D. G with the D in the bass. And then E minor. Um, or uh, C with an E in the bass. Right? Got it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. D with an F sharp in the bass. Uh, and again, we're hitting every note of the scale. But we're doing it inside the context of a chord progression, right? Uh, right. Does any, is anyone brave enough to try this with G minor, key of um, G minor?
1: And are you One doing? That, you, uh, Perry? Were you doing um, like an E string, A string, and and G, or were you just skipping? You, were you using D string?
0: Yeah. Although every once in a while okay, there's a D e string that, in there, and then
1: you're going to C minor, right? So it would be this. Yep. No, that's not right. Mm-hmm. This is right? Yep. Yeah, you're just playing oh, okay. it yeah, differently. Right, okay, so... And then, and then we're going to... Uh, what Are we doing natural minor? Which minor are we doing?
0: Let's do natural minor, okay. strictly diatonic.
1: That? Um, B flat. The F. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Okay, and then I'm going to uh, B flat, right? Mm-hmm. So this... But no, that can't be right. Hmm. G minor with a B flat in the bass. Oh, right. Okay, so... If I was here, then... That's that, mm-hmm. right? And
0: then I'm going... And then four. To this, right? And then this. Minor. C minor. Four chord.
1: Right. And Wait, this is what you're doing now? I thought we were doing natural minor. So when... when I mean, um...
0: The four of G minor, C minor. Got it. Got it. Okay, and then what else? D minor, the five. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then C minor with an yeah. E flat in the bass. And then we're going to F, Almost right? Almost there. Mm-hmm. That? Oh,
1: A flat or A natural? A natural. A natural. A natural. Right?
0: Yep. And then what's the last one? Uh, G minor. Well, they're an octave oh. later. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Seemingly complicated, but really, I mean, I think it's just a great exercise in, in voice leading. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds kind of very neoclassical. Mm-hmm. Kind of Chopin-ish. Um, But again, you're ascending the scale on top while cycling through a chord progression. And a lot of the players that we that we idolize talking about Joe Pass, you know, Joe DiOrio. These are things that indubitably these guys really worked out. So, you know, there's a lot to do Hmm. with the diatonic major and minor scales.
2: Yeah, and you know, it's interesting when we when we talk about it, when we try to sum up an exercise like that, you know, thinking about it in terms of the relationship within the scale versus just the chords by themselves, there's a fantastic clip of Joe Pass giving a clinic, an MI back in the 80s, and a student asks him about cycling through two fives and he stops and he's just like what do you you know this whole talk of two five three six i don't it's just d minor g7 c (laughs) so you know for him it's very interesting like he would have probably looked at this as each individual chord yet he undoubtedly knew how they related to one another and could hear how they were related to one another Mm. um wouldn't you agree will Too, this is a good way to practice and learn how to create kind of passive melodic content within your comping uh within your composing um, because, yeah. you know, like how the top of the top note choice that we're playing, um, you know, I mean, some people think of drop voicings or what, whatnot, but that kind of creates its own shape. And I mean, we're basically, I hear that as a scale, what we just played, cause you just hear all the notes just, yeah. just going right up and, um, learning how to train your ear so that you can hear the bass motion the same way is harder. And, and really hearing the middle voices is really tricky, you know, to be able to hear that and be able to sing it right out of you know, with your ear training too.
0: It's like, uh, what Rodney Jones was saying on going wide versus going deep. You know, we haven't even gotten outside of the key of G Mm -hmm. major or minor, and we're just finding all these different, you know, matrices for lack of a better word of organizing the notes. Yeah. And sometimes we'll be in a mood to do that. Sometimes we won't obviously, (laughs) but it's just a good check-in and certainly good warm-up exercises. Um, Going the other way, I wanted to talk about some ways that we can just chromatically outline some harmony using drum roll the major triad, right? Hey, so go. something about the major triad has a lot of strength in the way the intervals work. There's like a 6th and a 5th and a 3rd. The minor triad, it has a 6th and a 5th and a minor 3rd, but something about the major triad really has a lot of like cement In it. Mm -hmm. You you guys know what I mean? Even just the way it resonates on the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda sounds like a pillar.
2: I think there's a reason why when you go back centuries that people revered the tertian harmony and the triad as like, I don't know, you know, they in church music they said it's the Holy Trinity or it's just like there's all these relationships to it because it is such a strong sound, strong vibration on so many instruments, you know.
0: Yeah. So if I start square middle of my neck on the note D. I'm gonna be playing uh, second inversion triads, ascending in half steps with D as my root. And we're gonna see what these triads, what kind of moods these triads bring out. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of chromatic planing of a D triad over a D note. And it's gonna outline all this different harmony with just basically scooting your fingers up one fret pretty cool thing so if we start here this sounds like good old D major chord or as Bruce Foreman would say a cowboy chord okay scooted up a half step what kind of harmony is that sounding like to you guys sounds like E flat over D yes it sounds very D Phrygian.
1: Yeah, right? I've I've grown
2: to like really hear that triad on top. Like to me, what's weird is I still hear that as a triad chord with a different bass underneath it. But early on, if I listened to that and didn't have the ear training, it it would sound really dissonant to me. Yeah, you know? right. Especially when you play it right next to the
0: D chord right there. Yeah. You know? Almost okay. like a like a mistake or something. <laughs> and now E over D. What kind of D does that sound like? Mm-hmm. Very Lydian, right? Yeah. F over D, mm-hmm. D minor, right? F sharp over D, that's very D uh, major seven sharp five. Mm-hmm. G over D, kind of just sounds like a G chord, right? Mm-hmm. A flat over D, sounds very D altered seven. We've got a flat seven, flat five, and a flat nine. A over D, sounds like D major 7, D, D major 9 is technically what it's doing. Mm-hmm. B flat over D, it sounds very much like a B flat chord since D is in the chord B flat. B over D, that sounds a lot like a D13 flat 9, right? Mm-hmm. This chord was popular in the 80s. <laughs> C over D. Right, sus. very D7 sus, right? Very herby. C sharp over D. That's very D diminished sounding, right? D minor, major 7 flat 5. So that was just taking a major triad, planing it up, and hearing those different moods. So what if I just took three of those chords? Let's say I take E flat with a D, F sharp with a D, and A with a D. And I'm just gonna I mean it just sounds like I'm going to to outer space kind of, Mm -hmm. but there's logic to it. You know, I'm just I just randomly selected three triads and just cycled them back and forth. Perry, do you ever find yourself trying to reach for stuff like that in your improvisation if you're trying to play, quote-unquote, out?
1: Like using different triad-based theory to to play out? Mm -hmm. Um, Not really, functionally, uh, but I like the exercise, you know? I like kind of um, what you're you're doing there to kind of lay out, you know, what what these major triads are going to look like if you just go up a half step and... uh, with the shape essentially, and how that could inform your lines. I mean, this this sort of shape that you're talking about, this sort of that's mm-hmm. something that I've definitely used a lot. Um, oh, yeah. Also, this one D over C sharp, I like to use a lot as a sort of substitute for like a D half diminished. You know, something like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I it's just kind of funky to play that one. Um, yeah, so a lot of these tr- you know triads I'll get into. I guess this one uh, I've also used a lot, which is just kind of like an altered chord. But Mm
3: -hmm.
1: yeah, I mean, the thing about harmony as it relates to theory, which is what we're discussing a lot, is that there's so many different ways to think about it. I mean, that's sort Mm -hmm. of the confusing part initially about jazz theory for a lot of people is it's like, oh, well, this could be a you know, D7 uh, flat nine, flat five, or it could just kind of be a D over A flat, you know? And like, there's different ways you can think mm-hmm. about all this stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's lining the moods up with what's theoretically happening. Cause there's two, always multiple different ways to, th- you know, theorize what's happening, but mm-hmm. what does it sound like? Is right. kind of a more personal touch.
2: Well, you know, you ever notice, too, when you're teaching people how, like, way back when we were younger, we're taught that there's happy chords and sad chords, like major and minor, yep, yep. and one, it's hard to to have a student break that, because to me, it's color, and it's like, you can look at a deep shade of blue, and someone might see it as green, or it does look green compared next to red, and to me, that's what, what harmony is. I mean, you look at classical composers, guys like Scriabin, you know, they had synesthesia, They they wrote pieces based on color alone and I often challenge a lot of my students to like think about colors think about chords and assign a chord like we're talking here triads with certain bass notes underneath them assign what you feel that chord is for you and how that functions and stick with that for a while and really work with that and apply that to a song you know something as simple as changing like the half diminished chord on Stella by Starlight to the to fully diminished chord, a tritone away, and like exploring how that harmony works, but it's mm-hmm. just, it's slightly a different shade of, to me, it's like really red when you use the half diminished and it's kind of burgundy red when you use the fully diminished. And if we think mm-hmm. about that versus like happy chord, sad chord, And <laughs> yeah. I think, I think students and listeners, you know, for those of us who are listening to the podcast or just music listeners, it's just an interesting thing to like discover for yourself.
0: It's funny, sure. yeah. It's a very personal thing. Mm-hmm.
2: It's funny
1: you mentioned right? Stella because I was thinking about that earlier, and yeah. you said the fully diminished chord a tritone away, right?
3: Yeah. You can also do a
1: fully diminished chord a minor third down, right? Right. So that's right. A, the, the interesting thing about exploring harmony is like what you can use to substitute, you know, over a song too, right? Like how many right. different well, harmonic you know. possibilities there are in a song, oh, um, mm-hmm. which I find pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm and and also how harmony we were
2: talking just before we rolled tape this morning we were talking about how harmony has had trends throughout history you know and we look back at Tin Pan Alley and they cadenced in a 2-5 differently than the guys in the 40s and 50s did different yeah. than how someone like you were just talking about herbie how herbie takes a, yeah. a pedal and moves the triad above it and all of a sudden you have this beautiful cadence point yep. and you know learning how that is and applying that to certain songs. And if you're somebody out there composing your own songs, it's kind of fun to be like, you know, I'm going to write an old tune that sounds like, you know, Doxy and have a cycle of dominant
0: seventh chords
2: around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Man, I haven't played that song in ages. That's a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about two five ones. Something tells me you guys have practiced your two five ones. Call me crazy. So, mm-hmm. Two I times, remember,
2: five times, maybe one time, I don't know.
0: <clears throat> I remember when I was in high school, um, I had a great teacher, in addition to Dan Balmer, a gentleman named Dan Gildea, another Dan from Portland who played guitar. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about two fives moving in minor thirds. And at the time, it, it didn't quite click, right? But let's say we're in the key of G major. A two five one 5 in G would be A minor 7... E7, G major. Up a minor third from that, the two would be C minor, F7 to G. Another cadence we've seen a lot. I believe Perry likes to call that a backdoor dominant. I'm right? not the only one. <laughs> Up a minor third from that, we've got E flat minor, A flat seven, G, right? And that's very much like a tritone sub two five, basically. Now, the last one I think I don't ever actually use to resolve to G, but it would be a very interesting F sharp minor B seven G because it wants to resolve to E minor. So that one is kind of like the the rogue orphan of the quartet, right? Hmm. Um, particularly looking at E flat minor A flat seven G, that sounds very satin doll, right? Mm-hmm. Why don't we transpose that to C, and we can actually play, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, is I'm sorry. The,
1: is that the right changes mm-hmm. to satin doll? Mm-hmm.
0: There, there it is. I was a fourth away. Sometimes I get, I
1: get
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. So talk about exploring. Harmony. Just taking, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. Oh, so man. just taking a two five. And maybe just turning that into a single note exercise,
1: right? And you're, yeah, okay. Who wants to try it? So you want you want to play satin doll and using E flat to A flat, going to G major or going to C major? I'm I'm confused. Uh, I
0: actually wasn't thinking about satin doll. Okay. I was thinking of A minor to D. Up a minor third, C minor to F, and then going to another minor third, E flat to A flat, and I'm just trying to outline that movement with single note lines. Yeah, it almost
1: it almost reminds me of you know, speaking of exploring harmony, train you know, absolutely triads to get to basically change up a two five one. So Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, I'll try it. So you got your two five here, and then you've got it here. Oh, sorry, here, and then. You know, if I'm playing lines on that, like on Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think, John, you want to try it?
2: Yeah, so again we're we're playing we're just kind of illustrating like if I'm going see um, my G. So instead of doing just the standard 251 outlining those two sets yeah. of 25s
1: mm-hmm. something like that I think the vibe is you do a, like an A minor to D7 C minor to F7 E flat to A flat oh and then oh, you, so you end up, the up on G major two
2: yeah. I see so you got this that got it Yeah, sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was also trying it where I was doing a measure for each chord to try to lengthen out the harmony a little bit.
2: Oh, instead of it being like one, two, three. Yeah, because that would be so a measure each chord. I see. Yeah, and, 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 and you, could, you could jump from one to another. I mean, you could, I guess you could do just consecutive minors, consecutive dominant. Mm-hmm. The upper minor third thing is always fun. That's fun to
1: teach students who've never heard that
2: before because they're like, wow, that really does work, you know, and I can hear that. And,
1: yep. So, so Will, you, f- you sometimes will use three different minor two fives in place of a regular just two five one yeah to cycle back absolutely. into uh, G major let's say since we're in that key so you you'll be mm-hmm. thinking if you see like say a two measure two five one you'll be thinking a minor D7 c minor f7 e flat minor a flat seven and then
0: you end up on G almost like train is trying to do at times or I'll just pluck one of them out of the ether yeah, to yeah. use I mean obviously e flat minor to a flat to G has the most color you could voice lead. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, What if I took a song like All the Things You Are and just took one of those um, two fives, which is basically the third cycle. Uh, The best I can explain this is just to play it and then we'll Mm -hmm. work backwards. So um, F minor... here it actually does it on its own and then it modulates to C major right Right. but you know the chords at in their purest form is F minor to B flat minor right so I'm playing F minor F sharp minor B7 B flat minor Hmm. and lo and behold the melody works
1: Just, almost just like tritone substitutions on everything because you can think of yes. the two and the five as sort of the same chord especially when exactly. you're playing a tune where that might be a beat each
0: right mm-hmm. yeah but it gives that sound I mean it's it's a sound like it makes me think of cats like Ron or Joe Diorio or Joe Pass you know
1: I would be so curious to know like how deep Joe pass was on actual theory I, I, I have this inclination that it was like not as uh, academic as you might think from listening to him I I feel yeah. if he was
2: sitting here in this conversation he'd probably be just like I don't think of it like that I just play this and it would be playing that you know he's yeah, it might be just yeah. somebody that played by ear I mean and and so many players did I mean all of those all of our heroes back then I mean with the exception of Jim Hall who actually got a degree in composition at the University of Cleveland yeah. and we've got guys that were learning entirely by ear and they were learning some of these tricks. Obviously, composers like Jerome Kern, who we're talking about here, who wrote All the Things You Are, I mean, that guy was just obviously a harmonic genius, so let's look at all the songs he wrote. Smoke Gets In Your Eyes does the same thing. Yep, so does yep. Nobody Else But Me. Right. So the song is you has fascinating pivot chord to it, and the bass motion in that song has a lot to do with what's going on. But the players of this music, it's interesting. I, I just, yeah, I think that it's only been until recent, in the last 30, 40 years, where a lot of players, I mean, we've all... I think generally elevated our knowledge of what harmonically is is going on, um, you know, in in that sense.
1: So, Will, you're doing this already with all the things, but can you like uh, sort of assimilate all this theory and knowledge into just playing a tune?
3: Sure.
0: a smorgasbord of things some executed better than others
1: do you ever try to play a tune and sort of just go in a different direction harmonically that you you're not even sure where you might end up but you still have the form in your head like it's something i like to try to do where like i'll be playing a tune and then i'll just sort of i'm not like abandon the harmony but i'll just like open the door up to like okay let's try something totally different but let's keep the form actually, and then you kind of end up back at the form on the bridge or something like that. Do you ever try that?
0: Absolutely. I think hopefully these tools that we went over today kind of open some doors for that. I'd say especially the the, the traumatic triad. <laughs> traumatic. traumatic <cryad>. Chromatic. <laughs> That's chromatic.
2: That, don't edit that out of the episode. <laughs> keep that traumatic triad. Um, or just
3: <laughs> right.
0: You've got diminished triads moving in minor thirds on top of a given, it's, it's endless, and start exploring it because mm-hmm. it's going to yield some interesting results. That's what we should have named our band,
1: the, tri- the traumatic, traumatic Triads. Yeah, the, that- traumatic <laughs> yeah. the Traumatic Cryads. Yeah,
0: Traumatic Cryads.
2: That's
1: good. Oh, I thought it was Traumatic Triad. Oh, that's even, Cryad is even uh, more of a 40s. Traumatic slip.
2: Cryad. Like, like you see a two-year-old in the cereal aisle pouting. That's a Traumatic Cryad. Oh, right boy. There. Yeah, no, this is great. It's it's fun to talk to you guys. I mean, like, w- you know, w- when we're on the road and we're in the car, you know, we're having, we, we sometimes do have these kinds of conversations. I mean, it's fun to talk about standards that we've played so much now. I mean, I, I'm i still in the practice of learning as many standards as I can. And I some of us, I know, don't do that as much anymore. But every time I go back and learn a tune that was written 80 years ago, 60 years ago, I find a new little harmonic device that I could maybe apply to other tunes. And so for students out there or listeners, music listeners, it's just fun to like learn that this is out there and you can find a way for yourself to kind of pick certain things and focus on that for a while and go deep with with that one idea. Uh, and you know. Yeah, and the payoff out.
0: the payoff is when you finally hear it come out while you're making music. Yeah. Which might not happen for a while, but when it does or when you you're listening to your back to yourself when you hear it that's the payoff sure it's worth it so well I think we're going to wrap this episode up we do hope that you'll join us on Patreon check us out the high action podcast on Instagram mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to be back next week what are we talking about next week
1: we're talking about writing and arranging which I'm going to yes. lead which uh, is going to be really fun so definitely stick around for that and and thank you Will for all this uh, exploring yep. Harmony knowledge today. Traumatic triads. Traumatic
2: triads, man. That's, that's, that's a high action term <laughs> if
1: I've ever heard one. Also, that's traumatic triads too. I mean, you can traumatic get...
2: triads. Yeah, it's like my student that I asked in my eighth grade class. he said, "What are all the scale chord qualities?" And he's like, "You know, or minor scales." He's like, "Harmonic, melodic, and demonic minor." You know? <laughs> <laughs> the, demonic minor the demonic minor scale. scale. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, that that sounds exciting. Uh... Huh? play some demonic minor you know
1: yeah i've definitely heard some demonic minor out here in new york yeah it's, it's <laughs> happening every week yeah, um I'll, just... I'll see you guys next week thanks for joining yeah, us. next oh. week Alrighty.